Hello and welcome everybody to the Success to Go podcast with me, your host, Christopher Tompkins. I am super excited about today's show. I have a gentleman by the name of Lucas that I cannot wait for you to hear his answers. If you guys, if this is the first time that you've listened to the Success to Go podcast, what I want to tell you is that the whole reason for me doing this is that any time that I have been in contact with another business owner or business professional, I've always learned so much from their own take on business. And, you know, I don't really feel like I have all the answers. So it's nice to see what answers other people have so we can share and network and grow. Hence the whole networking thing. But we all know how much I hate that. Um, I like to be in the trenches rather than kissing babies. But... um, and shaking hands. But in today's episode, we're going to go through the same 10 questions. Why? Because everybody has their own take on this. So what I want to do is I want to just um, give a shout out to Lucas who's on the Lucas. Are you there? I am, Christopher. Excellent. Well, we're speaking with Lucas Kraus. Um, he is uh, going to be our guest for this episode. Um, just I want to give you all a little bit of a background on Lucas. Um, so indulge me, Lucas. Um, Lucas is the author of The Business of You, a guide to finding, managing, and succeeding in your career. And he's also the president of Real Property Management Franchise System. It's the largest single-family property management company in the country with over 300, 320 offices across the U.S. and Canada and over $14 billion worth of homes under management. So pretty impressive, folks. Um, Lucas's professional journey to the president of an industry-leading company has been an unconventional one, um, full of interesting twists and turns. For example, one slight detour um, was through professional baseball and the New York Mets organization, and Lucas was able to go from an entry-level job to a C-suite in less than 10 years through a growth mindset and perseverance, which he's going to be sharing that with some of his answers today. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. I want to. I want to give you two quick shout outs. I'm going to try to plug these as much as I possibly can, so people can learn more about you. Uh, the first thing is you want to check out Lucas's book page. He has his own website for this, and it's called Master the Business of You You dot com. So Master the Business of You. Um, also, you can check out his book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. But go to his website. He deserves traffic, right? Everybody wants that. Also. Uh, don't don't sleep on real property management. Obviously, nobody is. Fourteen billion three hundred twenty locations. I mean, got it. Um, and that's going to be realpropertymgt.com. That's realpropertymgt.com. All right. So let's just jump right into the questions, Lucas. Are you ready? I am. All right. Excellent. First one. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Do you have a morning routine? How do you I set do. up your, yourself for success every morning? Yeah, I've tinkered with it, and to me, the key is getting off on the right foot and feeling a sense of accomplishment, and uh, I try to front-load my day with those things that often get subordinated, gotcha. uh, You know, whether it be workouts, uh, reading, uh, knock those out right the gate. So I wake up around 4.45 to 5 a.m. and go straight to the gym, oh, uh, wow. get the workout going, and there I try to avoid kind of uh, plugging into either podcasts or things like that, which I normally do on the weekends, but mm-hmm. it's more about planning out my day. What are the big things I need to accomplish? And so it's kind of, I use that as kind of thought time to prioritize the big things that need to get done for the day. Uh, from there, uh, when I get home, I'll eat breakfast. And before I shower up, shave, you know, be, head to the office, I try to knock out something. And when I was writing my book, mm-hmm. I dedicated 15 to 30 minutes every day. 
I would not let myself leave until I put in at least 15 minutes. And the funny thing is everyone asked how long it took to write a book, but it took six months yeah. just by forcing that discipline of doing that every day and just chipping away at it. It's amazing what you can do with kind of incremental progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since completing the book, I've kind of gotten back into reading, which is great. And it's one of those things, as you know, you get all these different inputs throughout the day and it's allowed me to at least, you know, plow through a lot of different books by just dedicating 15 to 30 minutes in the mm-hmm. morning before taking off. So when I leave and head to the office, I feel energized and, you know, somewhat of a sense of accomplishment because I knocked off some things that I wanted to get done. Do you feel like you, you when you're trying to, because you were talking about some of the important tasks, do you find that you like to do the things that you're not looking forward to first or strategize how you can work them in throughout your entire day? Yeah, I, I always like to rip the Band-Aid off. I yeah, think me it's too. a product of, even when I was a, a child, I remember, you know, ate the vegetables first. I still do the things, I eat the things I don't want to first and then save the, the part that I uh, mm-hmm. will enjoy more. Uh, I, that makes it a lot easier because it fights that natural procrastination mm-hmm. uh, element that's inside all of us uh, to varying degrees. And so for me, you knock that out, it feels like you've kind of got, done all the uphill work, and now it's downhill from there. It's so true. And you know what? I, I, speaking to your point uh, that you mentioned a few minutes ago about feeling that sense of accomplishment when you're driving into the office or to your meeting or wherever you're off to, it, it, it's having that really quite – frankly, not that sexy work that you have already done um, out of the way makes you feel like, okay, now I can be creative. It puts, it usually it puts me in a space where I feel like I have more room to move, which I like, um, rather than feeling that burden of that task that's just not so hot. 100% agree. It's kind of like you feel like almost constrained mentally because it's just weighing on you, maybe whether it's guilt or just the inevitable, the pain you're feeling about this delayed task. And mm-hmm. so if you can knock that out, it does give you that freedom to really move, and especially if you need to be in a creative mindset. Yeah, and, and for me, that would be spreadsheets. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I went into, I, I got into my office today, and I had done an hour's worth of analysis, competitive analysis, with, and I ran numbers and all this, that, and the other. It didn't save the document. And that is the worst. Oh my god! And it was kind of like I, I thought to myself. Can I just go off of my memory on these numbers? Can you, you know, do I really have to go back in there? And you do. So what did I do? It's exactly what I did. I just immediately start just creating that all over again. But um, how about this? Okay, you know, um, do you have a business tool that you can't leave with? Can't live without? Yeah, I'd say. Well, first and foremost, I'm pretty old school. You know, my phone. Okay. I live off that. Um, You know, obviously my calendar, emails, communication with texts. But since business has gotten more, less face-to-face, I feel like it's it's even more important to have those direct conversations when you can. Uh, You can get so much more accomplished through working through business challenges, establishing relationships Mm -hmm. uh, by talking directly to individuals. And so I, I burn up phones. I mean, I go through those iPhones, you know. I'd say within about six months, the battery's dead on those. Uh, so that's a big piece. The other probably tool that's helped me, uh, you know, company is a Microsoft shop. So OneNote has helped me uh, stay really organized. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's helped, you know, as I, I mean, when you build your, you know, to-do list, uh, it's kind of electronic to-do list on steroids. And it's helped me out quite a bit. Okay, that's 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 an interesting. You know, some people have uh, mentioned you know note taking uh, softwares or apps like 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 Evernote and that type of thing. Yeah, and um, it's so funny. I was I was looking at how I use Evernote, 
and I use it just – I just type my notes instead of writing them on a pad. And I was thinking to myself, do I really need this tool? <laughs> I literally could just be writing this down. Um, but there's something about deleting a line of uh, to-do that just makes you feel great. <laughs> it does. But there's – I mean there's elements of you have to understand yourself. And I've tinkered with it quite a bit. And so – it, you know, I have my OneNote, which but you have to log in. And so if I catch myself, I'll put like a post-it on my screen of mm. like these are mm-hmm. the three non-negotiables or these are the things I'm working on today of how to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. Putting those in front of you, just there's something about having that top of mind. So mm-hmm. those digital tools are great. And I lean on them quite a bit, but I get it sometimes, you know, old school with, you know, kind of incept my own mind by putting the post-its around me to remind <laughs> me to do those key things. It's funny that you mentioned the post-its too because um, at, at my company, the Go Agency, I've, been, I've noticed that a lot of people are uh, using the digital sticky notes, um, mm-hmm. at the app, on because on, we, we're completely Mac office. Yep. And, um, and I, I caught one of our employees putting a post-it note, an actual physical one, on top of the one that they had digitally on their screen. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's getting too meta, folks. I mean, we yeah. really <laughs> – we might want to get some of the stuff done. Um, okay, so uh, getting stuff done. I mean, do you have an idea of work-life balance? I mean, I know that you said, you know, you get up early and you, you, you look after yourself physically and then you get yourself mentally ready for your day. How do you feel, aside from that, you really balance out things? I believe uh, work-life balance for me is a fabled creature that I'm always chasing. Uh, my yeah. definition really is, a, you know, uh, balance is accomplishing objectives in your priority areas. And so the way hmm. I... I like that. find myself uh, find balance is you know find those areas so for me family and relationships mm-hmm. my health spiritual myself and my development mm-hmm. and so I almost look at those as their independent categories okay. and it's kind of a daily journey of improving on each of those areas and as you can imagine when you kind of have that proliferation of focus sometimes certain areas get uh, more attention than others and you lag behind and so I try to use that when I do my, use my OneNote and how I track what my, you know, what my, my tasks are mm-hmm. to keep me organized uh, because, I, you know, it's very easy to fall behind in one area as you get kind of laser focused maybe on your, your work, your professional development, and then all of a sudden, you know, family, health, or spiritual somehow fall, falls off. It's, you know what? It's so true, and I, I feel like a lot of people aren't um... – they're kind of misled slightly. I think there's a lot of people out there that are saying, you know, well, my, I meditate every single morning and I do this, that, and the other. And it's kind of like, well, you know what it, it is. It, these are great tools to have in your toolbox, but uh, you, being successful hundred percent of the time and being a successful person in business, it's very challenging. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's because you're constantly, there's a different volume button that's going higher and you don't, you, sometimes you don't get to choose which going higher. You just have to, you know, accommodate that volume. And, um, I mean, I know a lot of people that they have the work hard, play hard mentality. And I think trying to end up in the middle, because what I always, what I always do is I shoot for the best, expect the worst. And I always am happy, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, it really does work. But, um, it's nice to hear that other people are having have challenges like that as well, you know, because um, I think uh, business owners and entrepreneurs are supposed to be kind of like, oh, we can do it all because this is our world. And it's quite the opposite. 
Oh, you're spot on. And, and that's the challenge, right? It's uh, we like to pride ourselves, set high targets, and that's usually what make individuals high, high achievers. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, you can create all this internal conflict and turmoil with just feeling guilty. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. There's times where you just have to be realistic. You know you're going through a tough stretch and say your work demands are going to command that. You will have to lower your targets in some of those areas and just acknowledge it. Um, because I think a lot of times we try to pretend that we can do all those things and guess what? Then all we do is just beat ourselves up and that's really not a healthy mindset to be going into. No, absolutely. You're very right. Um, okay. How about, um, going on from that point, Lucas? Um, oh, again, guys, if you want to, uh, take a look at his book and grab a, grab yourself a copy, you can check it out on, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. It's the master masterthebusinessofyou.com. Again, that's masterthebusinessofyou.com. And you can learn more about real property management by checking it out online, realpropertymgt.com. So let's talk about keys to success. Great. What, what do you got? Uh, to me, you know, I kind of focus on some key pillars. Uh, to, first and foremost, curiosity and thirst to learn. Uh, learning mm -hmm. and growing, it, to me, is instrumental in just anyone's success uh, because we, it's, you know, so having that kind of growth mindset versus fixed mindset, yes. but especially becoming even more important in your ability to adapt mm -hmm. and thrive in this ever-changing world. And I know you and I were just joking about evergreen content and content getting stale. It's the same mm -hmm. thing with your skills. They Absolutely. need to continue to evolve. Uh, perseverance, I'll tell you, is probably one of the most important ones. If you talk to anyone who's been successful, uh, it's because they got back off the map. They picked themselves up after yep. mistakes and they learned from them. I always like to say, and you know, I speak in front of different groups, of there's greatness buried in each and every one of us, mm -hmm. but it's buried deep within a under a pile of mistakes and a ton of hard work. Absolutely. And so those who are really mm -hmm. going to unearth it are the ones who are going to put the time and an energy and are willing to keep you know, throwing themselves out there and taking chances because it's really easy to get deterred after a failure or you stub your toe and just go, oh, yeah, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. Success is not handed to you. And then probably kind of the last pillar I look at is preparation. Yeah, uh, It's amazing how little people take time to prepare for meetings, presentations, things in the workplace where you're your own brand. Uh, and yeah. it just takes the time to make coming across polished. Uh, you know, I've lived by this mindset and it served me quite well. It's you can't control whether you're the smartest person in the room. However, it pays to be the smartest person or the, the most prepared person in the room. Of course. Uh, you know, and the, I'm so glad that you said that, Lucas, because I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan of planning. And so what we will do is when we're t when we're talking to a client um, or I'm talking to a business owner um, who's looking to jump on their uh, marketing or online marketing, whatever, um, I'm shocked at how many times. You know what? I'm not shocked anymore. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, after ten years in the in the business, you know you know the ebbs and flows. But nobody has a plan. People show up to a meeting and wing it. Well, yeah. Uh, how am I supposed to take you seriously? And also, um, I think one of the things that I really find is interesting in how people approach meetings and talking about being prepared, understanding who you are going to be meeting. And why you're going to be meeting them is really useful if you're going to be taken seriously. I had a meeting, um, and halfway through, I think it was about 10 minutes into it after the small talk, I was like, well, what do you know about my company? And they're like, um, the said, well, did you, did you look, did you see us online? And 
they were like, um, I can't, I really can't remember. And I was like, well, why don't I send you the link to the website and we'll have the call after you do that because you don't know who I am. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's painful. It is. And you're right. It seems more times than not you'll go into meetings with that. And it's even when you're running your organization, your team, it's preaching that discipline within mm-hmm. your organization of, okay, we're having it. We have an agenda. We have objectives for this meeting. And then when we leave, we have takeaways and follow up. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a, so often people will go and just schedule these meetings and that just becomes a waste of time and mm-hmm. it, it you know it meanders around topics rudderless and then all of a sudden you're like in the last five minutes someone tries to jam in okay well, here's what we need to do and it's not well thought out mm-hmm. give people a chance to prepare and set that discipline front end of here's the objective here's the loose agenda please you know submit any other items you want to cover or even other objectives give that chance for people to also plan. I've, it's served me well in business also. Mm-hmm. It's just creating more of a operationally execution-focused you know, organization because uh, all too often I've seen it. People just like meetings. They want to talk to everyone. And then you go, oh, yeah, what, what, what are we supposed to be doing here? <laughs> exactly. And also what I, what I found with doing that as well, because I do that internally, um, it, is, uh, it, it helps you understand where people are having misunderstandings when they're tasked with objectives and they're having trouble meeting those objectives uh, when you have that meeting you can actually use it as a problem solving opportunity as opposed to having that never unearthed because you can't stop talking about bowling night in two weeks <laughs> bowling night is a lot of fun come on yeah it's, it's, it's true <laughs> it's true even though I've got a 60-40 mix at this office <laughs> about bowling night <laughs> Um, okay, so okay, we've talked about success, and how about you know this is this is an interesting question. It's kind of open ended too because I, I I'm not expecting three maybe names, but do you have three trusted advisors that you kind of turn to um, in your in your development, or just to kind of check yourself every once in a while? Yeah, I think it's hard to single out three intentional uh, right. kind of or just advisors. I consider it a board of directors that uh, that I work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's individuals who've been formal mentors and formal mentors at, across the board, and uh, people who have a wide range of experiences and expertise. And I like to pull from them quite often uh, and engage them. And so, whether it's a formal or informal mentor relationship. I'm a big proponent of thought partners. I believe you can take something away from every individual and every mm-hmm. experience. And so I have individuals who I talk with quite regularly. I have my own kind of internal CRM to follow up with my personal network nice. because I am just following. I'd like to follow up with them, hear what's going on, how can I help them, mm-hmm. but also bounce ideas off them. You know, individuals who, you know, have, you know, 30 years experience to individuals who might be in a completely different vertical of how they would challenge, attack this problem. Right. I'd like to understand their mindset and how they attack things uh, because it just changes that perspective. Our human minds, right, and we get into a rhythm and routine, we start shortcutting things a little bit and we come to the conclusion quickly. And that can be a great thing if you have a good you know, framework for how you approach it. But sometimes it can be somewhat myopic. And so I try to introduce variety in the kind of approaches and mindsets to my conversations mm-hmm. so that I can look at it very broadly. I am, I, I love to leverage my team. Uh, I ask mm-hmm. them for questions, uh, try to also throw, you know, strategic decisions their way right. and mm-hmm. help them. It's not only a development opportunity, but you're amazed with sometimes like, wow, I didn't even consider it from that vantage point. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at advisors as everyone I interact with on a regular basis. So to single it out is a little more challenging just because of 
my mindset and how I approach it. Of course, one thing I'd like everyone that's listening to take away from what you said is that you have an internal CRM that you follow up with people that you want to have discussions with. So it's not necessarily all about, uh, you know, going to that next meeting and closing that sale. You're actually scheduling check-ins with these people that could benefit you in a different way. Because I think so many people, when they think about, oh, I have Salesforce or I have, you know, they have this Mm -hmm. whole thing where it's kind of like every action is based on moving towards a sale. We're closing something. And I know a lot of business owners out there, when you're starting out, you are looking for those sales, right? You want to build your build your basis. But um, I think really making sure that you have time to, to check in with people that you respect their opinions the most, I think is really, really good practice. Agreed. Now, now let's go into, okay, what, this is, a, okay, here's a good one for you, Lucas. Okay, what makes you feel successful? I don't think I feel successful. Uh, probably speaks more to my own issues internally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I need to feel a sense of accomplishment every day and it, it's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, it drives me to produce large amounts of output, but it also creates, creates a bit of a hamster wheel. And the funny thing is, is even on weekends, I have my to-do lists and things I want to do. So whether it's getting that workout in mm-hmm. or yard work, it drives my wife crazy. Yeah. Uh, she she likes to relax, and I have found how it works best is I continue to wake up rather early, even on a Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. I get those things knocked out and feel that sense of accomplishment and say success for the day, and then I can relax and kind of spend downtime with her. Gotcha. Because if I mm-hmm. before if I didn't do that, I would you know I, I'm no fun to hang out with. You know she she wants to relax, just kind of sit out in the patio. We live up in Park City where it's gorgeous. Oh wow! We got views of the mountains, and um, if I go get a mountain bike ride in, I do something like that in the morning. Then I can sit and just relax, and we can just talk. Uh, but if I don't, I'll feel anxious, and it's back to that kind of oh I need to be doing this or that. And so it's almost giving myself permission to relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found has helped me and just kind of settle how I even attack downtime. <laughs> And just so you know, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> the exact same thing. I wake up early on a Saturday, get everything that's cleared out, everything on my mind, make myself feel like I've accomplished everything, and then, okay, what are we going to do today? <laughs> but it's it's, okay. it's so true. I, I mean, company. Well, don't you? I mean, you do. I mean, you feel crazy. Like, you feel trapped. Um, and that, that releases it. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've gone through it. It's kind of like, okay... I have to relax. I must relax. I must relax. Maybe I could just go and like act like I'm taking a shower and check my emails or because <laughs> you don't want to get yelled at. Yep. Because you're working all the yeah. time. Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. Totally feel you. Um, so what have you, I'm sure you've seen many things over in your experience, but what's one thing in particular that you've seen in many other businesses that hamper or hinder their success? It's interesting because I've been fortunate enough with my experience and I've helped thousands of small business owners just being around, in, you know, in franchising for quite some time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, you get to help thousands of small business owners. And I kind of see two key ingredient, ingredients that really hinder people's success. First and foremost, it's I, I don't know if it's fear or just uh, unwillingness to get off their backside and, and knock on doors and generate business. Mm-hmm. Because as an organization, you are the leader. You set the culture, right? And if you're if you're trying to build a business, you need to, to model that every day that you're looking out trying to grow, so that the rest of the organization embodies it. 
the ones who want to sit back and say, I got a website and I pay for leads. <laughs> and that's an important piece. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I'm yeah. discount of course. that. But it's this reactionary approach rather than how do I initiate the activity? Um, how do I even, even on that end of, you know, you know this better than I, of optimizing your presence, I need to be writing blogs. I need to be doing things to have a digital footprint to increase and enhance how we show up. Mm -hmm. So it's even proactive in that regard. The other side of it, I think, is lacking humility. Uh, quite often, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it, and that comes in a couple of forms. It's maybe saying you have all the answers and not willing to listen and engage from your staff and, and mm -hmm. others who may have wisdom that they can impart on you. The other is being afraid and having too big of an ego to raise your hand and ask for help. Uh, mm -hmm. more out of sense of pride. I'll tell you those have been when I've seen, you know, thousands of, uh, you know, different small business owners over the last 15 years. Uh, those are kind of the common recipe for failure. It's, I, I agree with you. Uh, one, cause one thing I'd like to add, and it's kind of like an amalgam uh, result of those two uh, mentalities where you buy all the office furniture before having the clients. And it's like creating this, image before you actually have anything to back it up. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've seen so many businesses that I'm ta I'll talk to them and, okay, great. Well, we're not ready for you yet because you're not a real business. You have to kind of go and grow a little bit and then we're going to come and help you market when you're ready. And I'm like, so what are your, what are your steps? Well, we're going to, we have to get a location. We have to get, we have to hire people. We have to get all this expensive furniture. And it's like, what are you doing? You need a phone an email, and you need to be driving places and knocking on doors. You need to be building business, not, you know, sitting in this luxurious office. For procrastination. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Agree with completely. It just, oh, well, I have to get these things done, and then I can't. Uh, no, it, you got to jump all in. I've seen it where you've talked about and used the furniture example, and I've seen it as a crutch, but I've also seen mm -hmm. it where yeah. it's people, if they have the right, if that mindset, then that buying that furniture, now I've spent this money, it forces them to jump in. Uh, mm. So there is sometimes where mm -hmm. there is it can be a healthy thing, but I think the majority of the time it's what you described where it becomes a crutch rather than okay now I've really committed I have to do this, <laughs> but uh, yeah. too often it becomes procrastination. Absolutely, because uh, do I need to be? Uh, I could be doing three hours of selling or three hours chasing my moving guys who haven't showed up yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of focusing on all the wrong things. It's almost as if um, running a business or having a business is all of this minutia rather than yeah. the actual selling. And I mean, I, I, I put my hands up too. I don't like selling. I like having conversations with people. Um, and knocking on those doors initially when I started this business was, was painful, but I did it. <laughs> you know, 10 years later, same thing with you. You know what I mean? You, you kind of go above and beyond and get yourself out of that comfort zone. Now, exactly. So, okay, so what's one piece of advice that you think all business professionals should know? What could what would be your, your top tip for business owners? You know, as a business owner, I mean, it's, it's get off your backside hustle. Ask yeah. for help, learn, grow. Uh, become yeah. very aware of your tendencies to avoid self-sabotage mm -hmm. uh, because I think you nailed it. We all have different mindsets and approaches. And sometimes it's fear. I'm afraid to make those calls or knock on those doors. So am I doing things like scheduling a delivery and doing mm -hmm. that and it's getting in front of what I really need to do because I'm just using this as a excuse to avoid what needs to get done. Right. Know your priorities, commit to those, knock those out and just keep cranking. 
it, you know, as starting your business, I've helped thousands and I even started my own business. And the funny thing was I'd helped thousands of people start their own business before. And I made all the mistakes I told them not to make. <laughs> and it's, but fortunately, I think the learning curve was yeah. quicker because I at least had a little awareness. But we're all guilty of it. Mm -hmm. And so it is that awareness of who you are is very important. And to understand you're going to have highs and lows. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you can be your own worst enemy because I've gone through that sales process and I was feeling discouraged. And guess what? I brought it to the next meeting. And unfortunately, we didn't get the business because of that. And then it's, you get these hot streaks and you wonder why. And really nothing's changed other than mm -hmm. you. And, you mm -hmm. know, you're coming in with confidence and you deliver it well and you're connecting because you're just feeling on that high. So it is understanding yourself and how do you manage around your, your strengths and your weaknesses? Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, you know, a lot of times folks don't have that humility of understanding what their limitations are. And then what can happen is they hire a lot of people just like themselves. And yep. guess what? You have all the same weaknesses. And so find out, you know, you asked for one, but I kind of gave you a general of a lot of things I've seen and mm -hmm. experienced firsthand that can, uh, and, uh, set you back when you're starting your business. Yeah, I th I, and something else to just to kind of go off of one of the one of the uh, pieces of info that you imparted was that you know getting people that are too much like you, and I think that one of the things I've seen a lot of businesses when they're starting out stumble with is getting people that have personal connections to them outside of the business. So, um, you know, a friend or partnering up with a relative or something like that. I've seen that not work so great <laughs> sometimes. Uh, sometimes it works fantastically. But um, having a lot of people around you that are going to yes you is never the best idea. I think it's always nice to have people that will challenge you on an ongoing basis. I, I will agree with you 100%. Uh, when I came on with Real Property Management, it was somewhat of a healthy turnaround. Uh, they were a victim of their own success in growing and yeah. two true entrepreneurs who built the business up but weren't operators at heart. And there were some, uh, you know, fair amount of employees that were friends, family, neighbors, mm -hmm. well intended that just weren't in the right seat and kind of had the right skill set. And uh, that was kind of the core of what we needed to do first be before we started really what we need to do overall our overhaul our whole operations was address that people component that you just hit on. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Now, now, aside from your, your, your own book, which people can find out on um, more about on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, but it's masterthebusinessofyou.com. Is there a book that you've read recently that, or one that you always go back to and reread that um, you think other business owners could benefit from? Yeah, there's quite a few. I try to read uh, you know, a book or two a month uh, and rip through it. The most recent one I finished through is The, Pro the Productivity Project. It's a great book. Uh, you have practical methods on how to get more done with each day. Cool. Uh, I think a great one to, to go back to is uh, execution, uh, the discipline of getting things done. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one I get back to often. Uh, Simon Simic's uh, book, uh, Start With Why, is a great okay. one, especially mm -hmm. for your, high, you know, your highly motivated individuals uh, who are trying to drive because when you're grinding through and having to do the hard work, you need to go back and why am I doing this and putting through it. It was funny. I spoke to the, the University of Utah business students uh, last week. Okay. And uh, when it was Q&A time, uh, one of the uh, uh, students raised their hand, and, and she was a gymnast. And she was just talking about how do you get motivated? You know, because you, know, uh, you talked about – because you know, we talked about that baseball story, and I, I shared that one with them. Mm -hmm. I was working 10, 12-hour days. I reinvented myself into a pitcher, a position I never played really growing up. And huh. I hadn't played a competitive inning in six years. And pretended to become a professional baseball player. And so she's like, 
what motivated you to throw against a brick wall in a cold, dark night, you know, in Chicago every single night to get yourself there? And it wasn't because that's glamorous and that's fun. It's mm-hmm. I had a compelling why and motivation driving me mm-hmm. that I knew why I was throwing against a brick wall for an hour every mm-hmm. night, right? And it's, uh, so that it's a great book that keeping you mm-hmm. grounded and why you do the things we, you do. Because I know you live this. It, you know, it's great to have your business and run a business. And everyone's like, oh, you're you know, president, you're CEO. It must just be great. You do all the fun things. And you go, no, every job has those things that you don't want to be doing. And, you know, it's it, just like any position. You need mm-hmm. to understand what you're trying to accomplish. And you, as an organization, it's why what your, what your vision is and what the mission of the business is that you sometimes have to reflect back on as that a little extra motivation mm-hmm. to get you through. So I, I have found and I've lived it, but that book has helped keep me grounded and really driving the, the why of you do things and why you go through the hard work. Excellent. Well, those are good suggestions. Um, okay. Okay. Last question, but this is kind of a weird one. If you could change one thing about your business, what would it be? Well, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know, I think you put me in a tough spot because we have a new ownership group. I just helped get the business sold. So now I shouldn't be overly critical. But... <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's funny. It's a pretty easy one. We're going through a major change management initiative with our uh, organization. Okay. Our, biz- our business model is in an in- we're in an industry that is, I won't say archaic, but it's just kind of mom and pop m- mentality because right. the margins are healthy. There's low barriers to entry. So it's very fragmented. Mm-hmm. And it's operated very uh, with paper and pencil, and so not as digital as you'd like. And mm-hmm. we've been going through a digital kind of migration of everything we do, digitally capturing every call, email, wow. the tracking of that, your to-do list, all tasks, activities, because we're looking three to five years down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this competitive set gets uh, more evolved, you can potentially be a commodity. And so it's laying mm-hmm. the foundation for us to be different and distinct in the future and so we're going through this change management aspect which can be very challenging because you're battling complacency right and it's it's not really necessary today right uh, mm-hmm. they're operating well our businesses are performing great and they're growing and our franchisees are making good money and mm-hmm. so you're trying to compel someone to change who might be feeling good that's hard because yeah. they look and go well that's work and mm-hmm. you're saying, yes, it is, but, but it's not going to pay the dividends today. This is about making our future even brighter and, frankly, just changing this industry. So the thing I would change, I'd love to be through the end of that change <laughs> management and be able to wave that magic wand. Um, and it's kind of what I joked with you before. I am somewhat of a glutton for punishment. I wish it would be, you know, we'd get a layup here, but if it was easy, it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's the same thing. And also I feel like if you're not changing and evolving, you're dead. So it's, you know, especially with, um, especially in, well, my industry with just online marketing and all the trends and how things change on a regular basis, we're constantly having to change everything. And it's like when I'm interviewing people to, um, you know, for any of our jobs, the first thing I say is, are you okay with a lot of change? (laughs) Are you okay with that? Um, No, you're spot on. I I mean, especially in your, in your world. Uh, I think it's just as ever changing quicker. And it just seems as over the last five, 10 years, it's gotten even, the pace of change has gotten even faster. And I, I don't see that slowing up anytime soon. No. And, and what's, what I, what we've been seeing is that a lot of people are catching up 
to the technology. So they're now realizing things that I was telling them six or seven years ago was were, were facts. <laughs> now they're coming back and going, hey, I'm ready to start this. Like, hey, better late than never. Um, but, but okay, well, uh, Lucas, it's been really great speaking with you. Is you. Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to plug or anything else? I think you've done a great job. I mean, the book is out on Amazon, The Business of You, uh, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the website, Master the Business of You. Fantastic. Um, speaking at you know different universities and some conferences, but outside of that, I'd love you to visit our website, a Real Property uh, MGT, if you happen to have rental properties and you're looking for professional management. Uh, we are the uh, nationwide solution, uh, the only one out there. And so if you do look to outsource your property management services, uh, you know, come visit our site. Uh, you know, it's one of those where we are the uh, entrusted leader uh, in the space. Well, Lucas, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for all of your awesome answers. I think you've given a lot of food for thought for everyone on the show today. So I want to thank you so much for being a guest. Um, Thank you. Um, and for everybody else out there, um, if you are looking for more information on the Success to Go podcast, you can check us out on Apple's, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and Overcast, and everywhere else that um, better podcasts are stored. So until next time, this is Christopher Tompkins with the Success to Go podcast. Check us out online. <laughs>